Good morning, church. Last week, Brian shared a few thoughts around submitting to God's commands. And this week, I want to share some thoughts around unleashing the kingdom. And to do that, I want to look at three letter P's. And three letter P's that I'm going to draw from a passage in Matthew's Gospel, a very familiar passage to a lot of people, the passage around the baptism of Jesus. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 3. And I start at verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to John to be baptised. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for it is fitting for us to fulfil all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptised, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. A passage where Jesus is voluntarily accepting a lower status than he deserved. Here we see, and John recognised this, that Jesus, the fire baptiser, the Holy Spirit giver, was coming to John to identify with water baptism and that symbolism of having sins washed away and a clean new start making with God and John recognized that Jesus didn't need that because he was the one who was the Holy Spirit giver but Jesus said John in verse 15 that we need to do this we need to do this Jesus didn't say I need you to do this John so that I can fulfill the Old Testament prophecy. I need you to do this, John, so I can fulfil the commands of God. I need you to do it, John. There was no indication of that. But Jesus said, let it be so, for it is proper for us to do this, to fulfil all righteousness. And John agreed with Jesus. And that's my first P. Jesus and John were working in partnership. John agreed with Jesus to baptise him in the River Jordan, even though something inside of him was like, Jesus, this just doesn't seem how it should be. He did agree and worked in partnership with Jesus. And at that point, you can say that heaven and earth kind of came together in unity and they were working together to fulfil the plans and purposes of the, the, the Godhead, the Trinitarian God. And when that act of coming together and working in partnership uh, happened a number of things happened first of all we see from the following verses that heaven opened heaven had been shut up from the day of adam with the occasional glimpse of heaven through the old testament prophets when they would come and share something of the word of god but for all intents and purposes heaven had been shut up and it stopped man and god fellowshipping but now jesus came and opens up heaven to all believers God's revelation could be seen, a glimpse of eternity, a glimpse of the future, a glimpse of the state that God intended mankind to live in was revealed in this act of heaven opening through baptism of Jesus and the partnership of John and Jesus. More than that, the, the fact that God's kingdom was now invading the earth. It wasn't no longer just sat in heaven, it was invading the earth. Secondly, we see the spirit descending like a dove. The symbolism of a dove wouldn't have been lost on the days of the Jews that Jesus was amongst. The symbol of the dove had a number of meanings. From Leviticus chapter 1, it was an act of sacrifice. 
it was something that the people of Israel were called to bring to the altar to sacrifice as a as a as an offering to God. It was also known that in the days of Noah, when the judgment of the flood was brought about, what did Noah do? He released a dove to see if it was possible to come out of the ark and to establish the new uh, human um, race on earth, to establish a new kingdom. And the Jews knew that when the dove came, it was a symbolism of a new kingdom. And here was the dove alighting on Jesus, indicating that he was going to be a sacrifice, but also that he was going to establish a new kingdom. He was going to bring in a new day and a new revelation of the things of God. And then thirdly, there was the voice from heaven declaring Jesus' identity. It wouldn't have been lost on the Jews that the voice from heaven, the Father, was quoting from Psalm 2. A psalm of royal enthronement, a psalm around the Messiah, declaring the Messiah of who he was and what he would do and his rule and his reign. They would have recognised that and they would have understood the meaning of that. They would have understood there was a plan and yet it was a plan to be revealed, a plan that meant that son had to be obedient to death and only that would come at a later uh, time. But here was Jesus identifying with humanity, partnering with people and um, establishing through his humility and obedience a new kingdom. And as Jesus partners with the Father and the Spirit to declare the intention of God's kingdom invading earth and establishing a new order. It needed John's permission. If you read verse 15, it says in the NIV that John consented. If you look in the New King James, it says that John allowed Jesus. But I like the New English version. It says that John yielded to Jesus. There was no debate. There was no argument. There was no putting out a fleece. There was no discussion. John just heard asked and agreed and through that he gave his permission for Jesus to be baptised and in that act of permission in that act of partnership incredible things were released. The dictionary definition of yielding means to produce or provide to give way or to give up control usually with a fight. The bible also then takes that and goes a little bit further and says is to give way to influence or pressure, to submit, to cease resistance or contention. And we see John was willing to yield, or in other words, to sacrifice his plans, his purposes, for the things of another, for the purposes of another. Here was John also willing to yield those things. But as he did so, as he gave his permission in partnership with, with what God wanted, a rare event took place, a physical manifestation of the triune God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, all in one place at one time, heard and recognised. Heaven was opened, the Spirit descended, the Father was heard, the Son was exalted and a world-shaking ministry was launched. John's willingness to yield or sacrifice his own plans of being baptised with the Holy Spirit, baptised in fire by Jesus, getting to know Jesus more intimately and asking him to do what John wanted to do. If he, As he sacrificed those plans and purposes and he came in an alignment with God's plans and purposes, the extraordinary was released. The Apostle Paul picks this up a bit later in Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 
where he talks about living sacrifices and we are called to be a living sacrifice. The trouble is with a living sacrifice we often just crawl off the altar because we don't like to be sacrificed. Jesus picks up that theme as well throughout his ministry and in Matthew 16 he encourages his disciples to take up their cross and follow him. And then ultimately in, John, uh, in Matthew 26 we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane say to the Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. But in that great act of yielding he says, but not my will, but yours be done. And Paul picks that up again in Philippians 2 where he says Jesus humbled himself. He didn't grasp things of heaven but he humbled himself and as part of that humbling to even death on the cross Jesus was then exalted to the highest place. Jesus' example calls us to offer ourselves sacrificially for an undeserving world just as he offered himself for us. So why do we often struggle with obedience in our words, our thoughts, the simple things really of life. My prayer is that we may be so absorbed with Jesus and with his desires and what he wants us to do that we become like Jesus, that obedient servant in whom the Father is well pleased. But that needs our permission, that needs us to say yes to Jesus in totality, that means that we have to give over wanting what we want, when we want, how we want, all the time and submit to his purposes, his plans and yield ourselves or sacrifice what we want to him. Reminds me of the story of a child who was being disciplined by his parents and sat on the time out step and he was fidgeting around and someone came up to him and said to the little boy, what's going on? And he said, I may be sitting on the outside, but I'm surely standing up on the inside. There was that act of defiance. He wasn't being yielded to what his parents had told him to do. And can we be like that? You know, God tells us to forgive. And yeah, we might say the words. We might say, I forgive you and I release forgiveness to you. But inside, are we still standing up? Are we still rejoicing when something goes wrong and expecting retribution to come upon that person? If so, we're not fully yielded. We're still in control. We're still wanting what we want rather than what God wants. But when we bring our permission and in line with God and bring that into the partnership, that releases the third P. It releases power. When we work in partnership with God, giving our permission to God to work in our lives in whatever way he wants to do, in whichever manifestation he wants to bring, then we're positioned for power. When we lay aside our agendas and align ourselves with him and obey what he has asked us to do, heaven and earth, they come together in unity and the presence of God and the authority of God and the power of God and the word of God is released. The old order is removed. The order of pain, suffering, sickness, disease, injustice and replaced with a new order, one of freedom, integrity, honour, healing, wholeness. Yes, the enemy will challenge. Yes, the enemy will come in and say things like, did God really say? Did God really say that? He'll get us to reason and to argue and to debate and to question and talk ourselves out of it. The enemy will also get us to resist for our own sake. And he'll say, what will people think of you 
if you share that word of knowledge or you step out and pray for that person? What are they going to say about you? What will they think? What will they do? He'll prevent us from partnering with Jesus to prevent the presence of God, the power and the word of God coming to life and coming to fulfilment. But church, we need to recognise that Jesus bestows on us even more spiritual power than in his day and that which was upon John and all of the Old Testament prophets. Jesus said in Matthew 28, all authority on heaven and earth is given to me. So therefore go, preach the kingdom, demonstrate, baptise and make disciples. We've got a greater empowerment in our life and our witness because the Holy Spirit resides in us. Church, we've got a prayer team waiting to pray with people. And maybe today God has been pointing out areas of your life that are not fully yielded. And maybe the prayer team can stand with you to help you yield those areas. Maybe you've recognised that you talk yourself out of doing the will of God because you debate, you argue, you question. Again, the prayer team can stand with you and help you through that. Or maybe we're actively resisting because we fear because of control that we want to retain, rather than allowing God to be in control. Today, church, if we work in partnership, give our permission, we will see the power of God released. Church, let's unleash the kingdom. God bless you. Amen.